fellow travelers, welcome to the 93rd level of the RPG cave. I swear nothing's broken in the cave at all. There was no technical nope. things literally right before I pressed the, the button to go from the intro to us. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, the level 99 human archmage Ryan Turford. I'm joined as always, or I guess I should say the first time in a fortnight by the level 99 oh. alphmatic Mr. Garrett Bland. Garrett, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Monday evening? For, I see that because been two weeks since we've done the show together my friend yeah it's been a couple weeks i'm sorry i had a um i had a bailout last monday uh fiana had to well it was like her last day before she was heading out uh back into china so she's over there i'm about to follow her actually next week next friday i'm yeah. gonna head over to china too and i will be there for a while yeah. i will be there while i miss all the games <laughs> the game yeah, announcements but it's all good, but I have a, a little story to tell, Ryan. It's a okay. very, yeah. I, I think it's I, I think it's a it's a good story. I basically I was driving back home mm-hmm. from work, you know, rush hour, on the highway 101 North, back to the city. Guess that's where my apartment is. Um, and there's a bridge. There's like a, kind of like this bridge overpass on, on the highway. People walking and running, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm at standstill traffic, and. And the guy was just running over and he was just looking straight at me like no joke. And I was looking at him, too. It was a good solid five seconds. He smiled and then he uh, gave me the birdie as he just, you know, he just and he just just ran away. What? Just because, you know, that's 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 how SF works. That's just like from the big city for you, Garrett. You know, yeah, that's that's how he was like. It's like you suckers in in standstill traffic. I'm just running here doing doing my 6 p.m. Yeah. run, and he just he just gave me the birdie, and he's like, "All right, cool, sounds it's, good, man." It's Thanks. literally like that scene from Office Space where you know they're they're gridlocked in traffic at the very beginning in the opening credits. Yeah, and he just he just looks at the window and sees the little old lady with the walker going faster <laughs> than, than he is in his car. Oh man. Yep. So, basically, so, so good. But also, so I'm, that was great. I'm glad you could tell your target audience as well with that story, Garrett, because I uh, um, I like a good story about a bridge. And you mentioned bridges in that story, and it, it, yes. it, it perked my ears up as soon as you said. It. I'm like, well, uh-huh. that's it. I'm I'm glad I'm glad Garrett had to tell that story. What are you drinking tonight, by the way? Because I saw you're not drinking a normal oh, yeah. drink tonight. What are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking. Uh, it's the Nevada Sierra Nevada IPA, hazy IPA. Pretty okay. good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. nice. I, I had to switch it up. But Not I, very often you have a like beer on the show, so I had, to, I had to point it out. I always, I think I always have a beer. That's Do, true. Don't I? I guess this is the first time oh, we've okay. ever talked about this. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, I normally drink the um, the Trader Joe's generic brand ones because they're like $6 for a 12-pack. Okay. It's like super cheap, um, but they're super good. Um, and I like IPAs. I don't know. Call me you know, generic white guy, but. That's, that's just how I First am. First of all, how dare yeah. you? But second of all, I, I mean, you're talking to someone who doesn't drink beer, so I'm not going to sit here and insult you <laughs> or anything like that. Because this is the RPG yeah, cave where we talk about RPGs all the time, except for when we spend the first five minutes of the show talking about bridges and beer and whatnot. So if you like the show, of course, if you're watching the live stream right now over at youtube.com slash carpool gaming, or if you're watching the video on demand later, don't forget to like the video. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, because come on, what are you doing? We're, we're only like 50 subs away from 1500 subs on the channel like if you're watching and you're not subscribing like do us an awesome favor for it's free press that subscribe button you won't regret it plus we have awesome stuff on the channel so you're gonna want to know about whenever we go live or whenever we post a a new video on the channel like 
the ongoing series Pit Stop Retro Gaming, which we announced during Carpool Gaming Day, because this is the first Congrats time we've done this that. show since Carpool Gaming yeah. Day, Garrett. So I have to at least plug myself a little bit there. So we've got, of course. you know, a couple episodes there on the channel, Sega Channel, American Gladiators video games, a retro game treasure unboxing, which, by the way, there's another one of those coming on thursday this week as well so you can actually see me talk about uh more retro games this week on the channel um so you're gonna see cool. youtube.com slash carpool gaming we got lots of awesome stuff coming to the channel also if you're listening on audio feeds don't forget to subscribe to us there if you haven't subscribed already and of course rate um rate us if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify in fact you know garrett the playstation drive has this little contest going on for final fantasy 16 to celebrate 100 episodes of the playstation drive and i feel like i feel like they st- mm. stole our thunder a little bit with that they because did. they're giving away the big rpg this year to differ to, to, to uh get subs or not subs, but ratings that? on spotify but we're not doing that like, i almost feel like we're, yeah, we're getting true. called out for that but. yeah yeah um i i, I entered myself in the drawing <laughs> of course you did. Uh, i have I had to, man. I mean, you like, want to play that game. I, mean, I know you. I know you. I want to play like, that game. You got one over. One over. In fact, I think almost everyone at Carpool, except maybe Lockleth, is probably going to be playing that game. So, lots of people playing Final Fantasy 16. But I only bring that up because I checked our number. It, it caused me to check our Spotify ratings as an example. We actually got yeah. a whole bunch of new ratings on Spotify, um, and we're actually oh, that's we're actually nice. pretty close to the PlayStation Drive, which actually, even with their big push, so it's just like uh, people are people are doing that. So, huge thank you, of course. To everyone who Thank actually you. rates us on your podcast services of choice, because that helps the show get discovered and whatnot. Also, if you want the audio for our audio shows a little bit early or just one big uh, masterclass podcast feed or our exclusive content, because we have a ton of it coming out, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Carpool Gaming through a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content, including, of course, you know, Carpool Gaming BTS, the Pants Patreon podcast for patrons podcast, as well as, uh, you know, oodles and oodles of other content. And last but not least, you know, this is the, probably the first, the only time I'm going to mention this for a little while. Anyways, uh, we have a website now www.carpoolgaming.com. That's where our new merch store is. So if you would like an RPG cave t-shirt or other t-shirts, first of all, the cheap, the t-shirts are actually cheaper now. And second of all, mm-hmm. the shipping is cheaper now. And third off, you just go to carpoolgaming.com. Go get all of our merch there. We even got new merch, the anyways t-shirt Garrett, I hear is flying anyways. off the shelves. It's actually our mo- most popular shirt since launching the new store. Um, That's crazy. So just definitely, uh, definitely go over and check us out. In fact, actually, huge shout to uh, the people in the Discord, by the way, who've been posting pictures of their new T-shirt hauls, and a couple of them got RPG Cave T-shirts. Just uh, throwing it out there. Oh, as well. that's so nice. I know. I love the RPG Cave shirt. I, I'm wearing it right now, actually. Look at look how good uh, that it's, shirt. It's is, super folks. nice, super fitting. You know, it's a it's a good one for sure. Yeah. Good design. Exactly. Check us out, CarpoolGaming.com. Well. Without further ado, Karen, it is time to read from the sacred texts because it is, of course, we're bringing back the segment, you know, Garrick's Batluck Adventure. You know, the journey one Yay. or quest one, your ma- your first quest, quest that's been assigned to you by me, Garrett, that we, um, yes. has been completed. So for folks that has kind of haven't been listening to the show for a while, if you're new to the show, um, Garrett has informed me that he would like me to assign him an old RPG to play that that is on his backlog or that he hasn't played before uh, for the first time. Uh, And then whenever we finish said game, uh, we'll talk about it on an episode of the show. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what we're doing tonight with the first game that I assigned Garrett, which is Shining Force on the Sega Genesis. 
So we're going to talk yes. all about that tonight. I'm so excited, by the way, Garrett, for this episode, because I love Shining Force. It's it's one of my favorite RPG series. Um, and I also don't really know anyone else who's played these games but me. So that's true. Uh, having someone else to be able to, you know, talk Shining Force with, I'm, I'm actually super excited to talk to you tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, this is uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give my thoughts later. But it's um, it's so weird that it's not around. That, yeah. That's that's what I keep thinking when I played that game. Like, why isn't this not a thing at all <laughs> anymore? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's weird. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about it in a bit. But anyways, but first yeah. off, before we even get into fun facts, Garrett, we actually got mm-hmm. a question on the Discordia from the pants okay. man himself, Sean Capri. And Sean yes. asked the question, hi, I have a question. What the hell is Shining Force? Follow up question. Are there waifus or husbandos in Shining Force? So mm. I'll take Good Sean's question. first question uh, or sorry, first, second question first. Uh, yes, there are waifus and husbandos in Shining Force. Like, come on. Yes, there, there, there's some some quality ones. Of course We're not going to dive into it, I think, at this point. We're, we, maybe we maybe I, I feel like, Garrett, we maybe do like a, when we, you play more of the Shining Force games that I force you to yes. play. Um, maybe that's when we do like a tier ranking of the Shining Force. Yeah, yeah, and yeah tier ranking of the characters. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. I think I think that's where me. we do that because you I want to, you know, make sure you've played the other games because I think the the better waifus and husbandos are actually in the second game and Shining Force CD. Okay. And I think you should play those first before we, you know, get into that conversation. Um, but let's talk. Let's answer Sean's question. What the hell is Shining Force? What is this? Why is this the thing which transition does seamlessly into fun facts? Because boy, how do you yes. I've got a fun facts. A for lots you of fun facts. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say lots of them. I've only got about half a page this time, but I feel like the fun facts tonight are actually pretty interesting and ones that we didn't have before because um, I don't know if you remember this, Garrett, but back on like mm-hmm. the 10th episode of the show, we actually did an episode about the Shining Force series with like this big overview of the series, um, but we didn't really do a lot of fun facts back then. We kind of zoomed through kind of the release dates and fun facts, but I didn't really get too much into the design of the series and kind of how it got started. And we're going to definitely get into that tonight. Whereas tonight we're focusing just on the first game, whereas the and leaving kind of the rest of the series behind. So the game originally cool. released in Japan on March 20th, 1992, and released in North America the following year on July 13th, 1993. So almost a year and a half later, which is actually kind of, you know, a longer turnaround that versus the rest of the games in the series. A lot of the other games in the Shining Force series were actually shorter turnarounds, but this one was just really long because of localization reasons and right. whatnot. Or they just weren't, you were, were just expecting this game kind of to fail in North America. Um, but Shining Force, the first one, is actually not the very first game in the Shining series because it's actually a sequel to 1991's Shining in the Darkness. While you don't really know need to know the story from Shining in the Darkness to play Shining Force, Dark Soul, who's kind of like the big antagonist uh, of Shining Force, he's also the villain yes. in... Shining in the Darkness as well. So you get you learn okay. more about Dark Soul and you get really get introduced in, to that character in Shining in the Darkness, but that's really kind of the only carryover. They 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 sort of exist in the same world, but you're not really even going to the same towns or anything like that. And if anything, Shining in the Darkness, it takes place in one town and it's a dungeon crawler. It's a first person dungeon crawling game. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you basically are exploring this dungeon. And uh, it's almost like just a, a loot game, uh, like a loot grind game where you're trying to reach the bottom floor of the dungeon to fight Dark Soul. 
is is what Shining okay. Dark Darkness is all about. Whereas this game, very, very different from that, as very you're different. imagining. Um, and when developing the sequel, Camelot knew that they had a very minimal budget for the game. And we actually kind of joke about the game being inspired by Fire Emblem. But actually, in a 2010 interview with lead developer Hiroki Takahashi in over on Games.tm, which is a website that's not around anymore. But if you go to the Wayback Machine, uh, this article is actually still up there. Um, he stated that it was actually the obscure 1988 NEC PC-88 title Silver Ghost. That was the inspiration for Shining Force. And actually, before we uh, when I was planning the, the the show and started to do the research for it, I actually went up and looked mm-hmm. up a long play of this game. Yeah. And it's like it, 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 it like graphically, it looks similar to the original Shining Force in like okay. the, the visual style, but also the way that units are placed on the map and stuff, like very similar to the way Shining mm. Force works. But it it was more of like a strategic game but not like a strategic role-playing game or anything like that um, okay so what what because ta- um takahashi mentioned in the interview that he just wasn't really into tactical games at all at the time you know we had stuff like Genghis khan on the nes or you had you know games like silver ghost or you had the original fire emblem uh, but he just wasn't really into any of these games like it really was silver ghost that made him realize that hey Tackle games can actually be pretty fun if you tweak some things or make them, you know, faster paced, because that, that's something he harped on in the interview a lot was um, how mm-hmm. slow paced a lot of tactical games were at the time that this was coming out, combined with the they fact were. that also <laughs> a lot of RPGs at the time were really focused on the story, but less focused yeah. about game mechanics or just the design right. of the game itself. Like um, you could you could look no further than the original Final Fantasy, which really focused on the game story but the combat mechanics weren't really you could definitely tell like the combat or the exploration were not the central focus of that game right especially because of how lost easily it is to get lost in the game to how the random encounters were kind of designed so he wanted to take um the the he and he took most most of his inspiration from dragon quest he basically said he wanted to take the battles from dragon quest but make them really fun and fast paced um and so he kind of combined the, the kind of almost like the battle system of a traditional R- turn based RPG with kind of the grid based combat of something like uh, Silver Ghost. And he mashed them together. And that's kind of what 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 Shining Force is, because Shining Force is, a you know, a tactical role playing game like Fire Emblem. But the ma- I think the main difference and Garrett, you can probably chime in on this now that you've played Shining Force. Mm-hmm. The one of the biggest difference between is between Shining Force and Fire Emblem is just how fast the combat system is just how like it almost feels closer to an action game, despite the fact that you are you it while also towing the line of being quite strategic and and methodical. Right, right. Um. So yeah, yeah. Shining Force is definitely like that. I I just want to say that's an interesting um kind of bring up of this game because it does feel like it's a mashup of what you just said. Mm-hmm. It's just the tactical like kind of gaminess, but with Dragon Quest mechanics in there, I'm like, I can see that coming into fruition. I have played the original Fire Emblem for a little bit, like a few hours. Yeah. Um, It is slow as heck. Yeah. And it's very hard to play. It is so hard to play that game. Yeah. Um, On on current, just just like what we we (laughs) have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the new Fire Emblem games, like I'm thinking, goodness you know they, they improved the pacing so much this was 
it's it's so interesting to play through this game because the pacing is so good. It's mm-hmm. like you're just snapping it back and forth, back and forth. Like you are, go- it is kind of like an action game. There's a lot of randomness mm-hmm. in terms of just turn order, in terms of just like how far you can go, uh, where the enemies are going to do. They can make dumb moves. They can yep. make smart moves. Um, it's it, there's a lot of um, chaoticness. Even though it's a strategy role-playing game, it's like, well, it's kind of like playing an action game just in turns. Yeah. In in a way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like, actually, when you look back as well um, at, you know, RPGs around that time, you also had a little bit of that chaoticness in, you know, old school turn-based role-playing games, too. Like, the original Dragon Quest very much was kind of like that. Like, I actually played that game very... That's fresh on my mind because I played it very recently for that Retro Game Treasure video. Um, oh, Because cool. it was actually in the box. And, um, yeah, like, you, like you miss all the time or the enemies will miss. And um, the way that that plays yeah. into the combat, like, it's very similar to what you described playing this game. Which, we'll, again, we'll get back to when we, we have, like, a deeper discussion about the mechanics with with yeah. shining force because i'm saving that conversation also i'm glad you brought, brought the original fire emblem because when uh takahashi son was asked about the original fire emblem in said interview um he mm-hmm. actually said the following quote um because uh, uh, he was the, the interviewer asked him so how how um, so what inspiration did you draw from the original fire emblem when creating shining force and his response was the tempo of that title was so bad that it wasn't something i even wanted to play Fire Emblem had zero influence on Shining Force. Wow, that's is, super interesting. Yeah, to hear, which is yeah. weird to think about because these games, you know, feel like they're cut from the same they're cloth because the they're strategy genre. RPGs. And you also have to remember when yeah. this came out, there weren't other strategy RPGs. There were only two. It was Shining Force and it was Fire Emblem. That's it. No one else was doing this kind of thing. At all, like it was a genre that didn't exist until the first Fire Emblem came out, which we actually talked about on the on the Fire Emblem episode that we did a long time ago. Like Fire Emblem was mm-hmm. really the first strategy RPG, and then all the other strategy RPGs kind of came afterwards. Um, but it's just it's funny just reading that response from him because he's just like, get that game away from me. I don't ever wanted to play. It. Don't <laughs> like that game sucks. Like I like, and it goes back to what him. you were just talking about with how inaccessible that game is now. Because now that you and I have played that game, whereas we didn't, you know, play that game back in the day. Like, thank God there were games like Shining Force that came along that then because yeah. you can definitely tell like later strategy role playing games really borrowed a lot of things from this game. When you can like when you compare this to the original Fire Emblem and kind of see the lineage of strategy role playing games like it was it it just it it goes to show just how many games really borrow from this. And also another series that started around this time as well was the the, the Langresser series. Also on on Sega Genesis as well. Um, Also started around the same time as Shining Force and also was like a big influence on a lot of strategy role playing games, which is just kind of cool to think about. Yeah, also, for sure. um, I didn't tell you to play this version, Garrett, but a full remake from Amusement Vision, who are actually best known for Super Monkey Ball. They actually made a mm. full remake of Shining Force on the Game Boy Advance. It was published by Atlas. Interesting. In North America, not Sega. Atlas published this game uh, and okay. it was called Shining Force Resurrection of the Dark Dragon, which came out on June 8th, 2004. It included three new battles. 
as well as three oh, new cool. characters, a whole bunch of different difficulty options uh, that weren't present in the original game, as well as an expansion to the story itself. Like they they expanded the story to include that's those three cool. battles and, and made them make sense. Um, but yeah, it, that's actually also like a really good version of that game, too, because it's not made by Camelot. Like it came out after Camelot left Sega. Um, yeah. so, so they had to make find someone else to jump on that grenade because no no other company in Sega wanted to touch the Shining Force IP after Camelot left. Mm. Um, but it was Amusement Vision that decided, you know, to step up to the plate and, and put out actually a pretty good port of uh Shining Force. And it's and again, it's a it's not just I, I say port, but that's kind of a disservice to it. It really is like a full it was remake, like a remake of it. Yeah. Where they actually like it has improved control options, which um, you know, Garrett, in oh, the original version of Shining Force, how you walk up to someone <laughs> and then you have to press the button and then you have to select talk and then talk to them. Uh, you don't have to do yes. any of that in the remake of, of Shining Force as an example. So there's a lot of like quality of life improvements they made with the, the remake on Game Boy Advance. Um, mm-hmm. The 2004, that is, um, yeah, that's that's definitely the age of like, let's remake all of our classic RPGs that was originally on NES, SNES, Famicom, Genesis yeah. into the GBA because the GBA is like like the RPG machine at yeah. the time. So not surprising. Well, and especially all there. the ones that were Japan only, like that's where we got, you know, oh, first yeah. translations of a lot of games like the original Fire Emblem got a remake there. Um, mm-hmm. or like, um, you know, Final Fantasy V, you know, coming there for the first time. Things like, or Tales of Fantasia, uh, was another one that you know didn't really come to North America until it came to the Game Boy Advance. Um, so there were a lot of games like that 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 got came, went from being Japan only RPGs to getting remade on the Game Boy Advance, and a lot of them usually aren't really better than their you know original counterparts, but. This mm-hmm. one was one of the few that actually was, which was kind of nice. Although um, I, I, I almost like this game, like the, the remake better for, you know, different reasons. But I think both versions are, are really good. But yeah, cool. that's it for fun facts. Those were some pretty fun facts. Again, this interview was just also fascinating to read, just going back and reading like oh, an I'm old sure. interview yeah. from 2010. Um, it's, it's it's formatted really weirdly, but I love getting, you know, getting to hear Takahashi-san talk all kinds of like crap about other games, but also just, you know, <laughs> the, what he, what also, what like uh, the things that really made, you know, Shining Force really interesting. Um, and yeah, he mm-hmm. was just, it was just really cool to go back and read all of it because he just he didn't really do a lot of interviews before he retired from Camelot. Um, okay. and, he, and he was really one of the only people on the the original development team that even, you know, talked about the Shining Force series. Because, again, they, like we haven't to, to Garrett's point about the series not being around, like we haven't had a new game in the Shining Force series, you know, since the Sega Saturn at this point. Like, we've had Shining games that take place in the same right. universe. And I'm, for audio listeners, I'm using air quotations to say this. Air um, quotations, Because there yes. are, like, action RPGs that take place in the same universe, but they're not really connected to any of the old games, and they're not tactical role-playing games. They're very different games, and most of them are bad. So there's that. And it's just, like, the Shining brand, and I... Yeah. I don't know what that is, to be honest with you. Even playing the Shining Force one, I'm like, I don't know what that brand means at yeah. all. For the most part, <laughs> yeah. like it, it almost is reminiscent of something like Final Fantasy, where there are certain like races mm. and characters that that kind of cross over between games, and there is like one or two NPCs that are that are named Got the it. same across multiple games. But you're right; for the most part, there really isn't like a continuing story. 
there is from Shining Force 1 to Shining Force CD, um, where Shining Force CD was basically a remake of the three Shining Force Game Gear games, which basically told the story of the children of the heroes in the original Shining Force and their oh, the okay. adventures and they go on. And Max actually appears in the final game as a as a recruitable character um, oh, cool. in Shining Force CD. Um, which nice. again, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, if, you know, at some point, Garrett, you will play Shining Force CD. Maybe not till next year or the year after, but you will play it. Uh, because it will Enjoy. get assigned to you if you don't play it on your own at some point between now and then. Because that's that's like like if you thought Shining Force w- was you know good or fast paced, like Shining Force C- CD is just is Shining Force, but on crack. It's ridiculous. Nice. It goes so fast, it. but it's very very good. It's one of the best tactical role playing games of all time. So I, it's one of those nice, games nice. I know you need to play at some point. Um, Looking forward to it. But yeah, so that's Shining Force. I feel like I've teed things up pretty well. So Garrett. I yes. want to know from you uh, a couple things. First of all, we want to do okay. top level, level impressions, but I think I want to throw in Marcus O'Neill's question. I was going to save it till after sure. after asking this question, but I want to throw this in first here. So Marcus O'Neill 79 in the Discord says, really looking forward to hearing your thoughts, Garrett. I haven't played Shining Forge since I was a kid, but it was one of my mm. absolute favorite games. Question number one, and he has a second question, but I'll ask it later in the show. I know that okay. Ryan has said that Shining Force holds up very well. Do you agree specifically what makes it or doesn't make it hold up well? Marcus mm. O'Neill wants to know. So I want to know your top level thoughts, but I also want you to answer Marcus O'Neill's question. Is this a game that holds up pretty well nowadays? Like, what do, what do you think about Shining Force on the Genesis, Garrett? Yeah, so um, just want to preface, I did play this on the Nintendo Switch Online. So this is the Sega Genesis version, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, emulated in the uh, the Switch Online version. Um, I think that's the best place to play, and I'll, I'll just talk about that later. Um, but is it accessible to use? I think it's, uh, it's pretty good, for sure. Um, it is, as I said before, it's pretty fast-paced. So it is a tactical role-playing game. You have your characters. And you just you just go turn after turn after turn. And um, there's no like sense in. Well, maybe there is some sense within the game mechanics, but there's like no turn order, really. It's based Um, off the character's speed, speed. Yeah, the highest speed stats will get like everyone gets one turn in the turn order. But characters with higher speed um, sometimes will overlap. Sometimes, yes, it's a higher chance. So there's still some randomness to it, um, which is interesting to to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, you're going from, you know, character to character. It can be an enemy. It can be your um, any of your characters. And then you just kind of move and you attack and you like, you know, of course, like Fire Emblem, you have characters that, you know, specific classes. You got bowmen, you got mages, you got warriors paladins you got the whole gambit of like different weapons have different ranges as well um so yeah very very in that regard fire emblem and shining force are totally similar right because you you do the same kind of thing you know you go back and forth in volley um but yeah in terms of accessibility i think it's it's pretty good for an old video game for a (laughs) 1992 uh video game i'm i'm quite surprised this is probably one of the most accessible games I could think of other than like, let's say Mario yeah, or like a, like a role playing game, maybe, maybe Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy. Um, I did have to use a guide with it, yeah. of course. Um, I think 
I, I mean, like, you kind of had to have a guide back then, too, maybe, to, like, help you along. Or it was word of mouth. Yeah. It was thing. actually, tri- yeah. as someone who played this game back then, it was trial and error for me. A lot it was of trial times. and error. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, trying definitely. to figure out where you go, and you just keep walking around until you figure out where you're supposed to go or who you're supposed to talk to or what thing you're supposed to do. Um, and I will say, you know, as someone who's, you know, played the sequels, definitely a lot of, even the stuff that you're talking about now, like at some of the accessibility stuff, I know even gets ironed out even in Shining Force 2, let alone Shining Force okay. 3 or some of the other ones as well. So like, I think they just improved that, that even more over time, which is just interesting to think about considering how well this one holds up accessibility wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was reading the guide, it. It was still like it wasn't that bad. Like I, I read, I'm like, oh, okay. I just gotta talk to this person. I just gotta go to this place. It's not like it was something super convoluted or complicated or whatever. Um, I did not read anything about the battles though, and the battles were really cool. They were pretty creative. Like each, like I especially in later half in the game, <laughs> they got creative uh, for sure in their battle sequences. Um, so I really enjoyed that as well. Um, but yeah, overall, man, Marcus O'Neill, I, I'm just letting you know, it still holds up pretty well. Um, I actually did, you know, during battles and, uh, you know, shameful or not, I did use the rewind feature mm-hmm. uh, in the game because you do miss a lot. <laughs> you miss a lot in this game. And yeah. I'm like, I could just use this rewind feature and just be done. I, like, I just wanted to kind of trudge through the game. I didn't want to like yeah. um, make it too uh, hard on myself. But also... It's actually, you know, without that, it's it's pretty straightforward. Even after a battle, you just go to the priest and it's like, hey, these four or five people are dead. Mm-hmm. Raise them th- from the grave. Very small fee. It's like a very, it's like literally no penalty yeah. to, to raise the character. Like the gold amount the scales battle. as the characters level up, but it's not like, yeah. it's not scaling out of control or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, totally different from Fire Emblem. Back in the day where it, it was like, if they're dead, they're dead. It's super hard, very tactical. Where this one's like, just go through the battle. All right. Of yeah. course, you're going to lose some. You're going to win the battle, though, in the end. And then you'll just, you know, go to the priest. Of course, weapons and armor. I think uh, one thing that was pretty, like, you know, unfamiliar for me was the, um the as you said, like, the command buttons where I had to yeah. press A on the controller. It's like, okay, are you going to talk? Are you going to search? Are you going to item? Like, at yeah. this, like, what you're facing at. I'm like, this is so weird. I, I'm just so used to pressing A at a treasure chest and then let it open up, like Legend of Zelda, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it was not like that. You had to go in and press A. Oh, yeah, I got to search yeah. this specific space in front of me. The best part about that, Super Garrett, weird. is that in Shining yeah. Force 2... They actually leave the system in where you can do that if you want to, but you can oh also goodness. walk up and press the C button on your controller because, you know, the Genesis controller was right. ABC. You press the C button and it just automatically does whatever action it's supposed to happen with whatever mm. you're looking at. So if it's a treasure chest, you press the C button, it opens the treasure chest and loots it. If you walk up to a That's person, nice. you press the C button and it talks to them. Or if you press the A button, you can go in the menu and then press talk and then talk to them yeah <laughs> so weird this sega genesis man on another level yeah um but yeah man i i'm just letting you know i have for a 1992 tactical role-playing game pretty yeah. solid yeah definitely i My think standards. of yeah. all the tactical role-playing games from that era too 
it's easily the easiest one to go back to, like whether it's yeah. Shining, like any of the games in the Shining series, whether it's Shining Force 1, 2, or CD, or the, even the Game Gear games, I actually think are pretty accessible as well. Like way more accessible than going back and playing Landgresser or going back right. and playing, um, you know, the original Fire Emblem as we've, as we talked about. Like a lot of those games, a lot of those older tactical role playing games just don't hold up as well or just are so much more convoluted than something like Shining Force because Shining Force was meant to be like that. It's meant to be, like it, it, it was more meant to, you know, bring in, you know, people, new people to this genre or um, is mm-hmm. it is a good game for people to start off with, which is why, like, you know, we didn't talk about this on your episode of, you know, RPGs to get people into RPGs. But I actually think like some of the Shining Force games would actually be like a maybe even a better option than, you know, if mm. we didn't have newer Fire Emblem games that were really good True. at that. Like if, if we were still in the, you know, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance era of Fire Emblem, I actually probably would have recommended the older Shining Force games over, you know, Fire Emblem games. I would, uh, I would agree with that. I I think, um, Mm -hmm. I, I really think, um, Fire Emblem Awakening is when they like kind of modernized it, uh, the most, uh, with that franchise. Whereas Shining Force, like this first one's like, it's out the gate. It's like, let's go, let's, let's, uh, go through these missions. So yeah, overall really impressed. Yeah. Which is also, again, it's funny to think about too, like thinking about the fact that this is also the same developer that made golden sun Garrett and thinking about how like confusing and convoluted the system is in golden sun versus what you get in shining force. Like it's night, it's a night day difference. It's so weird. It is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But you definitely tell they're made from the same studio because like you can definitely tell like when you go into the battle scenarios, it's like the same camera angle as like the Golden Sun. Yes. Camera angle, like the font is the same as in Golden Sun. Front, back, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of similarities between those two games. But when you go back and look, when you compare them, which is just, again, just funny to think about. Because I know, and the reason I bring up Golden Sun is uh, for newer listeners, you know, Garrett played golden sun and wanted to play through it. Um, but just, I know you weren't really enjoying it or you got lost a little bit right. and stuff like that. Like, um, whereas it just sounded like you just had a much better time with this one versus versus golden. Sun for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's tee up the steel story real a bit. So we can kind of get quickly go through this story conversation, Garrett, because, uh, sure. In the story of shining force, you know, just quickly spoiler ish free. Uh, you play as the young knight, max of the kingdom of Garg- Gardenia. And he gets pulled into a conflict as the kingdom of Runefast invades Gardenia. Max is tasked with assembling the Shining Force to travel to Runefast to stop their leader, Kane, from resurrecting the Dark Dragon. And I won't spoil anything else from yes. the story from there because there are some there are some, you know, twists in the story. But for the most part, it's it's one of the most basic stories you'll probably find yeah. in any game. <laughs> Like the story basically exists just to get you, you know, from place to place for the most part. And it was very much like you definitely tell even from the interview um, that I was reading as well. Like the story was very much the afterthought for the team. Like it's what they kind of developed after developing the combat and mechanics for the game. Dude, no joke. Yeah, no, I'm totally in agreement with that. Um, I did not pay attention much at all to the story. I was like, I didn't even know. Uh, the default name was Max because you yep. pick your name in the beginning. So I'm like, okay, I'll just yeah. You know, if you just put go my to name end in when you're selecting oh. your name, it just uh, it's like, oh, I guess your name's Max then. It's like, all right, the typical name. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah, what's 
I think what's weirder for me, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more, um, but I love how so medieval it is in the beginning. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, this is very fantasy, high fantasy. Let's uh, pull this all together. There's a dragon, cool. And then the second half is like, <laughs> it goes what places. Are you, what are you doing, man? I, You're oh, as man, soon as you go God, to the carnival, crazy. Garrett. Like all bets are off at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, carnival, and then after that, um, there's robots, there's yep. future stuff, there's um, there's a samurai, there's a ninja yep. that, that joins with you. Um, yeah, it just goes places after that. So yeah, I thought that was interesting to see in the game. Yeah, like it, it's very much you know based on you know eighties uh, like uh, trends at the time, <laughs> like eighties sci fi and eighties fantasy and stuff like that. But again, they're more, they're more like you know ancient robots versus you know robots from the future kind of thing. Like it's not right. It's not trying to be you know super super sci fi ish, but it, you know it's it does have some sci fi elements to it, which is very surprising. <laughs> Most people don't realize that going into the, this game. And, and again, like they actually, you know, play up some of the sci-fi elements with some of the later games, which is why, again, like at some point, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about the other games because they're, they yeah. go places with some of this, uh, some of this other stuff as well. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if they were planning that from the beginning, but really you just really think in the first half of the game, you are playing a high fantasy yeah. medieval game. And that's that's all it is. There's knights, there's princesses, there's um, villages, there's kings and queens and dragons, and that's it. Yeah. And then the second half is like, no, we're going to put every single kind of fantasy-driven thing into this game, yep. um, including samurais and ninjas. And yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. The, I Sounds mean, good. the second <laughs> game, you drive a car, you get a robot companion. Oh like, it's, again... It goes places. So wow, yeah. I, but I love. Uh, but again, it all it, it doesn't ever feel weird. Like I love like how it all just no, seamlessly no, kind of fits together in like this really interesting way, which is just kind of cool. And again, like even if you play like the modern Shining games that are not you know Shining Force games, you know they do have some of that stuff that carries over um, into the the modern Shining games as well. That also are in the same fran franchise, like Shining, uh, Shining Resonance Refrain, which is the newest one, which is very much like right. the tales esque take on, you know, the Shining, Shining universe. Essentially, you get a lot of, a lot of that kind of mixed in there. And again, it, that game also is similar in that way where it starts off as this very traditional kind of fantasy story. Um, very, very generic story. And then, and then it kind of goes off the rails about halfway through the game. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. But yeah. So that's the story. Again, Shining Force, don't ever play these games for the story again. I, I know like there's probably a don't. lot of listeners um, or viewers that have never played these games before. Um, don't go in going expect ever expecting a good story. Because again, that's not the focus. The focus is really um the gameplay in these games, mm -hmm. which is just you know odd for us to think about with RPGs because we don't get a lot of RPGs that are designed that way. Um, even modern RPGs, a lot of them just forget the, yeah. that the, the, that you need to be able to play the game too, not just interact with the story. So um, that's one of the things yeah. I think the original Shining Force nailed. But let's talk mechanics, Garrett, because I want to know from you what you thought about the mechanics in Shining Force. Because I know, like we talked about mm -hmm. it a little bit, you touched on certain certain things with you know the random yeah. the randomness turn order, you know, missing and stuff like that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna first question I have for you, Garrett. What did you think about promotions? In this game, how you promote your troops. Okay. Um, I did not understand it 
initially how to do it because okay so you get your character to level 10 mm -hmm. and you're able to promote them yeah. um at that point and which is good this is great um i did that for most characters but then when i read on like with other guides and like comments is like it's good to like actually promote later yeah. because you get higher you get better chances of getting good stats at higher levels yeah. and i just did not I, I guess I just didn't understand it or didn't learn it when I was going through it. So mm -hmm. I definitely had some characters where I had growing pains. Yeah. Where I I put them at level 10, I promoted them, and then now they were doing like one or two damage to the enemies. And I'm like, what what is going on? And so so I had to read into it and, and learn a little bit. But once I, I got kind of the strategy behind it, it was okay. Mm -hmm. um, I had to... so. It was promotions was interesting, but also character choice. Yeah. Um, the character choices are interesting, especially if you get like most or if not all the characters yeah, in this there's game. There's a ton of characters in this game. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot you can miss too. Um, but yeah, I, of course, when I use a guide, they just tell me where to go and they'll they'll join up. It's it's uh, pretty straightforward. Um they like each character has its own thing, like literally like own set of stats, own set, like it has a class and there's like common classes between some characters. But honestly, like one character is so unique compared to another one in terms of just like how they build um, when I go through levels. And so um, I had like a stable party at the end for sure. Um, yeah. I had like my, my group of like members and I think I grabbed the last two. Because they were so powerful um, within the game. I really need them at the end game. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I would say the character choice was pretty diverse. Mm -hmm. And then the promotions, although, like, I, you know, they don't tell you, which is, it kind of makes sense. It's, like, yeah. it's an early video game. Um, it's the do's and don'ts are pretty like, I, I don't know what to do at the <laughs> beginning. So I was just kind of struggling through that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, overall yeah. pretty good. Yeah, the main reason I brought it up was I, I even I remember back then not understanding how it works because the game doesn't do a very good, like none of the games do no. a very good job of explaining how promotions work. You kind of had to figure it out on your own or use a guide or kind of experiment it with it a little bit. At least in the first game, it's a little more simple. In the second Shining Force, there are specific items you can collect in it that are optional okay. to loot. And if you don't get them, you have you are unable to promote units to specific classes. Um, oh. like for example, the priests in shining force two, if you get a specific item called a vigor ball, which there are only four of them in the entire game, um, you can promote them from a, uh, instead of a, to a vicar, which is more of like a, you know, staff wielding, very low attack healing oh, okay. priest. Um, you can promote them to a master monk, which gives them access to fist weapons. And they are, um, some of the best attackers in the entire game combined with the fact that they can also use healing skills combined That's with the crazy. fact that they have vi very high speed, which means they're like zooming around the battlefield. Cause they have like, sometimes have double turns over half your other guys. My so, goodness. Yeah. So there's like all kinds of crazy stuff like that in the second game. So they really kind of expanded the promotions in, in kind of a big way. Whereas, you know, in this, for the most part, the guides were correct in the sense that you want to get your characters to level 20. So then you, you know, promote yes. them at the highest possible level. Um, Cause then you have better, you also have better starting stats as well. Um, but then, you know, you level um, and have a better chance of getting higher stats towards the end. 
um, and kind of go for going from there. But yeah, you're right. Like I love the unit diversity in this game. It's not like Fire Emblem where you really have like 10 classes that all the characters yeah. have. Like there are a bunch of different types of characters in this game. And that's one of the things I always really appreciate about Shining Force. Like you've got, you know, centaurs, you've got, you know, archers and the way that they, they, they like the bow archers versus the bow centaurs feel very different combined with the back, like the all the different mage types and, and you know, other like fighting types and stuff like that. They feel mm -hmm. very different from all the other characters or like the ninja character as an example, <laughs> the ninja um, character out feels, nowhere, yeah. feels very different as well. And in, in shining force Two, like that, that there's a ninja character in that too, that starts as uh, starts off as a thief and the thief class is very weak, but if you can mm -hmm. get that character to level 20, and get them to become a ninja boy, howdy, you'll be thanking, you'll be blessing your lucky stars. Cause they're one of the best characters in the game. If you do. That. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Which is just kind um, of cool to think about. Yeah. There's definitely some characters in there like, um, blue, the dragon. Mm -hmm. I, oh man, so weak. Uh, initially when you get that dragon and yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I got it to level 10. I'm like, okay, I'm going to promote it and everything's, everything's going to be great. And I'm like, this character just, it, it couldn't do anything. It really couldn't. And I, yeah, I definitely like if I ever go through another playthrough or just play a future Shining Force game, I'll, I'll kind of know what to do next time with these characters or be like yeah. a little bit more tactical about it. Yeah. Well, especially sure. like the beast specific characters that don't have traditional weapons they are very stat dependent. So you obviously, so it makes perfect sense yeah, as to why you want to make sure you get them to level 20 and then promote them because th like their attack and, and strength is so based on their stats um, versus the other characters um, that mm -hmm. you really, really need that extra promotion for them to be useful. Because there's actually in Shining Force 2, there's a similar character that's a turtle, um, like a, a, a tiny turtle. And they also do very little damage. But if you promote them, they become like a turtle, like a giant turtle that breathes fire and does all crazy nice. kind of crazy moves. Um, and, but you obviously have to make sure you promote them first or else they're very weak after that promotion. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like anything else mechanics wise that stuck out to you, um, besides that, um, obviously we probably, you probably don't want to spell too many of the crazy enemies later in the game in case we actually somehow yeah. convince someone listening to this podcast to obviously go back and play this game at some point. The bosses are very unique for sure. Um, compared to Fire Emblem. Yeah. Like e even to this day, I think the bosses in here are really like, like each of them are pretty well crafted and yeah. like. How, how do you deal with them? It's it's pretty different boss to boss, actually. Um, man, there's one I was really struggling with. Like, I was like, how am I gonna beat this character? Because um, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to spoil anything, but they they do a pretty good job of like ma making it a challenge if you don't uh, do certain things right. Um, yeah, they make yeah. the bosses feel really powerful in this game. That's one of the definitely things like it way like way more powerful versus when you compare them to any other unit on the board with unique abilities or attacks that attack like half the screen sometimes like yeah I I, I really love the boss design across all the games and definitely in Shining Force one I think they did a great job with all the bosses especially like yeah the 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 last kind of um oh, set of bosses that you go through oh my god they're so cool but they're very yeah difficult. yeah they're great yeah um I did um. Yeah, my my final party really consisted of humans, really, because mm -hmm. I I was really more weapon dependent, and um, but the mages was pretty good. I I had uh two of the early mages, 
um, really beefed up, really learning their spells. And man, once you got that going, they can destroy just because they get a bigger land, like a big attack area of attack. Um, and they're more powerful too, but then you get more focused, like in the, you can one shot enemies. So yeah, I, I think the mages were pretty good. Well, not only that too, one of the best things about the mages in, in, in shining force is the fact that you can't miss, you can't miss with, you can't miss. Yeah. Yeah. And it it does a fixed amount of damage. So you know exactly what you're getting which is which is monumental when coming up with different strategies obviously you know they're weak physically so you have to protect them a little bit but they can like decimate armies in in shining force and i always felt like um in that game they were always very powerful yeah 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 so great great game overall mechanics wise very solid yeah also, just really good with the strategy, too. Again, I love all the strategic elements they yeah. throw at you. Because, again, it starts off very simple. But then I feel like towards the end of the game, with with everything that they throw at you, like you really have to think about what you're doing. And union place, unit placement really becomes a big thing. Like, for the most part, like some of the early yeah. battles, I can kind of keep all of the groups, all my my allies grouped together. And we just move as like one like unit up the map kind of thing. But later in the game, yeah. like they really, really force you to, to, to make some serious decisions um, with, with where yeah. you place your units. I remember like it was, I think it was like one of the last few battles I had to split up. Mm-hmm. I was like, there was no way around it. You cannot go as, I mean, you could try as a unit, but it would be best to split them up and like, okay, I got to choose which ones to go left and right. Um, I also, actually, it was probably the third way through the game. I did not know how to switch party members mm-hmm. into my party. It was it was actually kind of weird. Like, I didn't know what to do. And then I finally understood. I had to talk to the guy yeah. that was in the front desk to, like, you know, switch characters. And I, I just... Yeah. I don't know why that that totally, well, totally also threw they don't, me off it's initially. It's one of those things, too, where they don't teach you that mechanic early on because you just... You have a full party for That's a true. large part of the experience. So you don't, you never really think about having to change out party members until like yeah. a pretty, until you're like fairly far into the game, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. again, you have, you, have, you may get a ton of characters, but you could also bring a ton of characters into battle, which is also, again, one of the things I like about it over some of the Fire Emblem games where, you know, some battles in Fire Emblem, um, you know, the uh, fire emblem engaged like some battles you bring five guys in it's like well you know i, I could all right i guess i'll pick my four favorite people and the main character yeah and then that's what i'll roll with where shining force like you never really have to you have to make your choice you know bringing in like 16 your 16 favorite people as opposed to out of like the 40 that you get but it's a less of a like you still have to agonize over some of those choices but it's not like I never felt like I had to leave a character that I really liked behind in any of the Shining Force yeah. games. In the same way it's that I do sometimes party. in Fire Emblem. Yeah, it's a fixed party. You're not choosing favorites too much as long as like you know what your party is. It's kind of like, I thought of it like Pokemon. It's like, okay, yeah, I got all these different characters, but this is my party that yeah. I'll carry, move forward. Yeah, you're only yeah. really switching it if like you go into a battle and you find that your setup isn't really working. So you retry the battle and you, you metagame a bit for... Um, whatever, whatever level, like if there's a, a like a, a bunch of enemies that like a, a lot more mages would work against, you want to sub out certain characters for that. But, yeah. 
yeah, for the most part, you're kind of sticking with the party most of the time. I'm glad you and I, you and I were kind of similar on that because when I watch other people play Shining Force, especially like on like World of Long Plays and stuff like that, um, which is a channel that does a bunch of long plays of games, um, I see them switch out party members all the time, and I'm like, yeah, I just never. What are you that. doing? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that you have a fixed number of battles and a fixed number of enemies to do experience. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned is like, okay, you really got to stick with characters that you're going to be invested with throughout the game. It's fine to switch out some characters as you bring in more as you go along. Um, But overall, I did not like Honestly, I didn't really give up a character I was really invested in. The like the original, like probably like first four or five characters that okay. that I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. None of that, but you also just get attached to some characters, and you're just like, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to switch any of these guys out. They they they've been with me the whole whole game. I don't want to get rid of them or anything like that. Well, <laughs> my uh, character May, mm-hmm. she was so overpowered. Yeah, I loved it so much. I got her to level twenty three. With mm-hmm. like the second job advancement, mm-hmm. and her her hit points was just insane. It's yeah. like it takes like ten to fifteen hits from a monster to you know, like just like get her down. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. So so good. So before we kind of you know move on to to listener questions and kind of round out this conversation, Garrett, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about when it comes to mechanics. Uh, how did you like the mechanic of? the last person that gets the hit on an enemy is the one that gets most of the experience. Oh, I hated that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think most I hated people it do. so much. Yeah. Oh I, man. Yeah. I like how you can at least tailor it so that you're like, if there's specific pe- members of your party that need experience, like you can engineer a scenario in a True. way where you just have like your weakest enemy, like members take the the last hit. But man, that's kind of annoying where it's like, like it made you feel like you wouldn't even want to use some of your characters sometimes, or there's no reason to have them go attack because they get like 10 XP and they need a hundred to level, you know? Yeah. There was some characters I'm like, okay, I guess I'll hit this monster. It'll be like one point or yeah. two points sometimes. And you get one or two experience points. And I'm like, dude, yeah. really? Like this, this kind of sucks. Um, you really had a T-ball it uh, mm-hmm. on some of these characters where one was like a heavy hitter. So it's like, okay, yeah, try to get it, the enemy really down, like maybe one or two HP, hopefully, don't kill it, yep. and then let and a hope, weaker character finish it off. And then, because you don't know the turn order, it's like, well, what, hope, hope their turn That's comes true. around. On top of that, too, uh, hope they don't miss that one or two hit points, <laughs> and, then, and then you're waiting for their turn to come around again before you can kill this enemy, which then starts attacking you when it's their turn again. Um, so it's a bit of push. I pull. want to emphasize the switch online version is the best version. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because of that, that switch rewind feature. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm letting you know, it's, uh, it's really a game changer. Cause when every time I miss, I'm like, absolutely not. I am not missing this one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I will say if you aren't playing on switch, but, and you are playing on other platforms, um, cause shining force is available in just about every Sega collection that's on there, yeah, after, true. which is nice. I actually love that option. It's also even available on the original Sega Genesis mini. If you have one of those lying around as well. Um, and almost all those collections have quick save features as well or rewind yeah. features. Um, so even if you're not playing on switch online, you are, you know, someone who's playing on PlayStation or Xbox or PC or, uh, you know, Tiger Electronics handheld. um, Most of those have, of course, rewind features available. So 
Yeah, or cool. or quick saves, so you can make like really again just have the optimal experience. Because you're right, Garrett. I think like with a game like this, I think to move at a pace that that is very fun, you're gonna want to take advantage of it a little bit. But even if even if you just play it normally, I still think you know pace wise, it still it still moves at a good it's pace. Good. Even even if even if you do miss a little bit or yeah. and whatnot, but yeah. So overall, Garrett. As we transition to final thoughts, um, how what do you what do you think about this experience of me assigning you a random game to play? Were you a little bit nervous about this, you know, kind of going into it? And, and do you think it was overall like a good experience? What do you think? I think overall it was a good experience. I'm glad I went through this game because mm. I honestly think, you know, this is probably the only tactical role playing game of the age that I was in. Like I would play. I, w- I really did try, you know, the original Fire Emblem. It's just it's just not really accessible. And so this was a good one to go to. You know, it's like um, this really did lay out the groundwork of what tactical role playing games. And I honestly think Fire Emblem ha- Honestly, I, yep. I, I really think they looked at this game yep. and it's like 100 percent. Look what they did better. Look yep. what the mechanics have done. And I think they really shine on it with Awakening moving forward that they yep. brought in a lot of at least with the pacing of of a of a tactical role playing game should be. Yeah. Well, um, even pre Awakening, yeah. a lot of the, the the mechanics, like even just you know, the promotion, mm. like the class promotion system, for example, like you have like elements of that in the class promo- uh, promotions that you have in, or changing classes in Fire Emblem. Like a lot of that stuff, you know, all comes back to this game as opposed to the original Fire Emblem where all your characters kind of had, you know, set classes. And that's what they were throughout the whole experience. Like there's there's little things like that that are all kind of plucked from this game that you now, you know, see in a bunch of you know, tactical role playing games, not even just Fire Emblem, like every, every yeah. series out there borrows from Shining Force. Like, and yeah, even Disgaea. like, yeah, like Disgaea is almost like Shining Force's pacing, like turned up, like, like uh, crazy, like crazy speed <laughs> at that point, just flying through battles kind of thing. Like there's a lot of, a lot of games out there really owe, owe it to Shining Force for really being like a big inspiration on them, which again, is just weird to think about because it's also a series which I, which I still feel today it's underrated because a lot of people really just missed out on these games because they were on the Genesis yeah. and the Genesis wasn't really known as a role-playing game machine. Like that was the Super Nintendo. Like most of the people who talk about right. role-playing games from this era always talk about the Super Nintendo role-playing games, but they always leave out, you know, Shining Force or Fantasy Star, which I think are two really fantastic role-playing game series that were very different from each other um that just a lot of people just like don't even know about today because they because they just haven't Mm -hmm. really received any new entries in the same way that fire emblem or final fantasy or a lot of other series really have nowadays yeah 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 i i think um for the people out there that are into tactical role-playing games like now like fire emblem or like what, what we said before um you kind of i wouldn't say you owe it to yourself but you definitely want to like if you have this on switch online mm-hmm. i'm sure you do if you have a switch you know subscription um try it out just like of course have a guide up and then like just try to get through like at least like a first couple of missions because i think you will understand where a lot of things come from mm-hmm. and it's coming from this game yeah. specifically yeah. And, and and not even just that from like it's important from a historical context for people to try yeah. it out, but it's also just 
a super fun game even today to go back to. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think it's, mm-hmm. it's still like a great, a great playthrough even now, you know, all these years later, like, you know, the, the fact that you hadn't played it before or playing for the first time and really enjoyed it. And even for someone like me, who's played it a bajillion times already, thanks mm-hmm. to Chan- Sega channel, I can still go back and really appreciate this game and still have a lot of fun with it too. So I think it works in both ways. Like, that's just a, a sign of a, a timeless game in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that something like Super yeah. Mario Brothers is or, um, you know, Donkey Kong Country, yeah. like the, all, the games of that era. I just really feel that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love the wackiness of this yeah. game, too. It's super. I don't know. There's just some hints of weirdness. Yeah. Um, that's it's pretty not afraid funny to go the, there and do like crazy not, stuff sometimes. <laughs> uh, some of the characters that I got. I, I didn't know what to do with it. I was I just left it there and left it as level one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's it's like a cartoon-ish beaver or something like yeah. that <laughs> named Yogurt. And yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? Um, there's there's a lot of interesting characters. I love how they put the exact sprite of like the king going pretty much everywhere throughout the game. Yep. <laughs> These different towns. Yep. I love uh, in one of the towns, the king is also the shopkeeper. Going back to what I talked about earlier, like the team did not have a big budget for this game. They had, they had a tiny budget to make this game. So it was mm. like, all right. I, can tell. I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> I guess we're going to just kind of clone the people like even the shopkeepers themselves. Like if it's not the king mm-hmm. shopkeeper is usually like, you know, the the dudes with the green hats yeah, or, or something like that. Yeah. Like the shopkeepers are, were like the same sprites everywhere, like the, the same priest in every town as an example Pretty as much. well. Yeah. Same priest, same shopkeepers. That's totally fine. The enemy. I just want to say the enemy designs were pretty good. Yeah. Um, they they kept it very fresh. Uh, from beginning to end, each battle, you know, there were some common common enemies between here and there, but they really did evolve and they yeah. really put different weaknesses and strengths. They they really consider that in in a lot of these enemies. So yeah. I I applaud them for it for the design. Yeah, of a the lot of that just themselves. really came down to trial and error when you were playing it without a guy yeah. back in the day as well too. Like you were like, all right, yeah, now it's time to figure out what this enemy is kind of weak against and what's strong against because you don't yeah. have the weapon triangle from you know, fire emblem that you don't lean back on. And Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, let's get to some questions, Gary, because we had, we had a lot of people who wrote in. We're start with the muffin mon and we have a couple shining force related questions. And then we have some other, other RPG questions. Uh, Muffin mon, Kevin Ainsworth asks the question, what are the chances of shining force making a comeback? Um, Mm. I'm sorry, Kevin. I (laughs) want shining force to come back. There is a new mobile game that, gives me hope because the new mobile game Mm. is very much taking characters from the old shining force games and kind of doing the fire emblem heroes thing where, you know, you've got short strategic battles in the shining force in the traditional shining force style. Um, That's a mobile game that I think is actually coming out this year because they announced it back in 2021, um, but it still hasn't come out yet. So it's supposed to come out this year in Japan. Um, And who knows after this, Maybe we get another one. I mean, Sega, of course, still owns the Shining Force IP. Um, they yeah. are trying different things with old franchises, so I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we do get them going back to the well and finding a developer to do this. And mm-hmm. and I personally would be the first in line to, to play whatever it is 
um, that they were to come up with. But I, and I feel like this mobile game is kind of testing the waters from maybe yeah. the return of Shining Force at some point, or at least I hope so, because it's been like so long since the last one. These games were so good. And, and yes, they don't have Camelot anymore. They would need to have a new developer come in and do this. But I think there's a lot of even if they just had brought in a third party developer, like I feel like there's a lot of developers they could bring in that could do a mm-hmm. good job, like even some like way forward. Um, now that they're not yeah. now that I don't think they're ever going back to Advance Wars again, like I feel like they would actually be a great fit for a series like Shining Force or um, even like mm. someone like Dot EMU, you know, with their game uh, design uh, philosophy. Yes, um, they don't traditionally make RPGs, but I feel like they could bring in the right people to make, you know, a revival of Shining Force work in the same way that Streets of Rage came back with Streets of Rage 4. So. Um, but what do you think mm. about this, Garrett? As the non, as the new person to the Shining Force series, uh, what what do you think about this question? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's kind of hard because you know, even with tactical role playing fans, there's there's not like a huge piece of pie that's like nostalgic for this mm-hmm. franchise. I mean, there's you know people like you, but it's very few, far between. It's a yeah. very small fraction. I think what they would need to do first is like kind of a reimagining remake of some kind. Let it be called Shining Force. Mm-hmm. Not I, you don't even have to call it a remake yeah. per se, just like a spiritual successor of some kind. Um, but I agree with you. It has to be a developer that's like, you know, Pretty solid. No, I wouldn't say like, oh, it has to be like a well-designed, well, like a high pedigree per se, um, but a developer that knows what they're doing with the game. I think that's what's hard for Sega. It's like they have this IP and they're like, we just don't know who are the right people. And yeah. our people right now are working on other projects that are best fitted for them. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a matter, as you said, it's just a matter of sending this IP to the right people. Um, I think, yeah, it, it, that would be super cool to see, yeah. um, a developer to do that. Yeah. I also think it'd be really interesting if they had like a, even a, one of the teams at Atlas kind of take that, like this IP yeah. on and maybe trying that out and see, seeing where that goes. Cause you can already see like the wackiness kind of maybe working with the, the, the wackiness you see in Atlas games. So I, I would be really interested to see, um, maybe one of Atlas's you know, studio is maybe taking this on as well since they own at the whole Atlas publishing arm anyways, like yeah. try, give some of those people a try, but yeah, let's, we'll see you Marvin one. I'm not, you know, holding my breath because you know, the, hopefully if that mobile game hits, who knows what happens, but if it doesn't like, I think at that point, the series is never coming back and it makes well, me sad. Yeah. I would just, I would rather have them not make a new one other than um, have them make a new one. And it's, to a developer that's not fit to make yeah. a game like this. Yeah. Um, or, or likewise, yeah. I also would rather them not make another one instead of making a, you know, an, another shining offshoot game that is a, yeah. like an action RPG or something like that. No, if, you, if you're going to dig up this old IP, you know, you got to do it right again and actually give us a role playing game. But you're right, Garrett, like there just isn't the nostalgic factor for this because the niche was people who played the Genesis who were also into role playing games. And there aren't many of us very, that are out yeah, there it's very because few. the Genesis was really not known for that. But, uh, you know, Sega CD was, but definitely not the Genesis. But 
Mm-hmm. Moving on, we got Blaze Knight who says, hey guys, have you seen the new art book from for Shining Force released by the original artist with updated oh. artwork? So I actually checked it, this out. This is actually on a Reddit post um, that actually oh, cool. only went up six days ago. So it's actually not that long because I guess the, the digital version of the book just came out. Uh, these pictures oh, looks awesome. Cool. Like I, this is the yeah. type of art book that I would love a physical copy of to have in my house to go peruse through because I'm someone who actually really likes art books. Um, and this is also the type of thing too, Garrett, where, where, like you talked about, like, cause this is the original artist again, from the, the, the original game coming back and coming with yeah. brand new designs. Like these are the type of designs you could see in like a shining force, like just called shining force, like reboot of the series kind of thing. Um, so, but unfortunately this art book does not leave Japan. You can't actually ship it outside of Japan. Um, there is a digital version you can buy for 2000 yen, uh, but I'm going to maybe wait to see if they eventually expand their horizons to sell this book outside of Japan. Cause I, I kind of want this because this is the, this is the type of thing like I Ryan Turford would love to have in my house and look at all the time. Mm-hmm. But. That, that is definitely all the characters there and, and the enemies. Yeah. Yep. I even do love, love like the modern kind of re, like drawing of the, of the battle um, happening as well. Kind of on the angle. And stuff yeah. Like that. It's really cool. But Okay. This is question number two from Marcus O'Neill. And this is, it's time Garrett for this Uh, question. Number two, in honor of Naga Chaka, what is the next RPG Garrett that you're tackling? And why is it shining force two? Because Garrett, it is time before we get to the rest of the party up segments. uh, I think it's time to assign you a new game to play Garrett's backlog adventure. Now, I will say, currently you're in a committed relationship with Resident Evil 2. Don't talk about oh, that I'm yet. I'm playing that, yeah. You're going to mm-hmm. talk about it in a second. Um, but after you're done Resident Evil 2, you're going to be on your trip. So you're going to be... Yes. I need to find a game for your backlog to play while you're on vacation. So I need to know from you, yes. Garrett, before I list off the game, uh, what consoles do you think you're bringing with you on vacation? I am bringing... <sighs> I don't think I'm bringing the Steam Deck. It's okay. just too chunky uh, yeah. for for a trip like that. Mm-hmm. I think I'll bring the Switch and okay. the 3DS. Those are the two systems I think I'll bring. Yes. Mm. Okay, so 3DS and Switch. Mm, this doesn't give me a lot of options. Um, I actually think I'm. You want me? A, okay, okay. How, hold on. I'll, I'll give you another option. I'll do Vita or 3DS. Oh, Vita or 3DS? Well, yeah, you already gave me the 3DS option, but because um, I know you've, because I'm trying to think of games you haven't played on 3DS that are RPGs, but I think you've played a lot of those. Like, I mean, I think I, okay, so I've played a lot of 3DS games. I haven't, I've dabbled, but I haven't really finished one. Like, like I, I finished, you know, some of them, but like, I would say uh, well over 50% of the RPGs that are on my 3DS, I have not finished finished okay um yeah have you so you played persona q garrett right i played for a good chunk but i didn't finish it okay did you you play persona q2 as all two at all yeah i did too i played like the first dungeon and and dropped out Hmm. you know what garrett you're gonna play persona q2 that's gonna be your next game i am yes nice you are you're gonna you're gonna play it because garrett i'm also gonna play persona q2 for the first time and then nice. we will meet back in like three months when we've both yeah, finished something like Persona that. Q2 and we'll we'll talk about it together. Um, to be honest, I was actually very excited to maybe assign you a PlayStation 1 game. 
Oh. But I don't want to assign it to you that if I know that you're going to have to bring an extra console with you that you weren't planning on bringing. So um, yeah. we're going to do this. It's just because yeah. like it's a Persona game and neither of us have played it. And it's been sitting on the shelf in that box for oh, ever since it came out. <laughs> and I haven't I haven't even opened the game out of the shrink wrap yet. So I feel like we're going to do this together. Here. We're going we're to play Persona Q2 together. And I think it's that's going to be great. Yeah. There you go. I love it. Yeah, but get Let's ready for the old games are coming back when you come back from vacation, just so you know. And, and when we're done good. Persona Q2, uh, I got a whole bunch of Sega CD games on the shelf, Garrett, that you need to play. Oh my gosh. Get ready. Just let me play Final Fantasy. Like, just come on. Just let's rub the Band-Aid off. Like, well, that's true, actually. <laughs> you do have Final Fantasy on the Switch. I have Final Fantasies on yeah. on the switch yeah, yeah. no i i like i like the persona q2 idea first and then we'll let's do it let's do it then you can play let's Final do persona q2 later. yeah okay sounds yeah. good cool i'm good with that um all right now we got other questions garrett so non-shining force related questions first one's from nagachaka who asks this question is for <laughs> garrett what's your favorite non-rpg game that you've been playing recently and why is it resident <laughs> evil 2 um of course for folks that don't know during carpool gaming days uh garrett uh, we we had our committed relationship game where each of us were assigned a game by the community and the other members of Carpool Gaming um, that we had to play from a list of 16 games that we submitted. And the game that was selected for Garrett was Resident Evil 2. So, Garrett, yes. what, what is your favorite non-RPG that you've been playing recently and why is it Resident Evil 2? Well... It's it's funny because that's the only non RPG game I'm playing right now. So there you go, Nagachaka got it right the first time. Um, yeah, no, it's pretty good, dude. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I don't know, like you can just tell me the area five hours in. All that, all oh, I'm in the sewers. Okay, I okay. just I uh, so I'm doing the Leon playthrough. I just yeah. finished the Ada Wong segment and I got an achievo for that. So I am. Okay playing Leon right now and saving Ada. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, yeah, you're actually, you're pretty far with that game, which is awesome. First of all, I'm so happy you're playing it for the first time, Garrett, because I love Resident Evil 2. It's one of my all time favorite games. So I'm so glad that when to hear what other people are playing that game. Um, and if no one's told you this already, number one, Claire is definitely actually the best playthrough. Um, and oh, you okay. should make sure you play it. Even if you play it in the second run mode, which is a more condensed playthrough of it because okay, it's cool. really 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 good and it's worth your time is all cool that sounds good i yeah. i can try it out for sure um i this is the first time playing resident evil okay in, in terms of just the series like i i've dabbled but i've never like oh i'm committing myself into finishing a resident evil game mm-hmm. and it is like it's it's masterful dude it's yeah. like so good um i love puzzle games and i didn't like I've seen playthroughs, but I didn't really understand what Resident Evil was until I was actually yeah. playing through it. At least the police station level. Yeah. Definitely. The crazy yeah. thing is that if you think this game has a lot of puzzles or if it has crazy puzzles, you should play one of the older Resident Evil games. Because even though they have tank <laughs> controls and dumb camera angles, holy crap, there are so many puzzles in those games. And you would actually probably mm. really like the pu- I think you would actually like the puzzle aspect of the old Resident Evil games. Um, going mm. back to them but obviously you know they're they're very hard games to go back to now i'm sure but i'm so i'm so proud of you Garrett, for playing resident evil 2 because that game is awesome and i'm so glad you're playing it but the yeah. zombies won't just die though also like, mr just, x is clearly your favorite thing in the world right 
Mr. X can go just in a dumpster fire <laughs> down a flood of streets. My goodness, that man, I hate him <laughs> so much. But he's got a cool hat and you get an achievement for shooting the hat off. Oh, really? Okay, I yeah. should do that. Yeah. But um, when, he, when he was first introduced to me, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> this man yep. coming out there. I like I was so scared for the my helicopter life. and just walks in. <laughs> oh man. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. And then I, I went immediately the other way. So yeah. yeah. Also, for listeners or viewers who missed Carpool Gaming Day, uh the game that was chosen for my committed relationship on a list that was full of RPGs <laughs> uh was James Cameron's Dark Angel, starring Jessica it. Alba. On the original Xbox, uh, that, that the price label says nine ninety nine on this, but uh, I got it for Canadian. less than that. I got it for four dollars. Oh. So uh, there that's you go. pretty good. I'm gonna play James Cameron's Dark Angel for the first time. Uh, Garrett, this is not a role playing game, but it's a a a, a brawler. It's a beat 'em up. Game. Yeah, a beat 'em up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where yeah. Jessica Alba does cool all kinds of cool moves. So it flips around. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a chance to play yet because underneath this, I also have this uh, sealed copy that just came today. uh, The Dead Island 2 Hell-A edition, uh, which I'm actually excited to. to That looks cool. Yeah. I haven't even opened this yet. It just came in today. So look at that. Nice. All right. Moving on. Taylor, a.k.a. TPR, a.k.a. Trevor. uh, Asked the question. First question in a while, by the way. So welcome back to the carpool gaming community tpr it's been a while since you've been here um so shout out to you for answering for asking a question today is there an rpg where the sole reason you kept playing was the soundtrack if not what's the most memorable rpg as it pertains to the music so to give garrett Mm. some time to think about this one um for me there isn't really a game that i kept playing because of the soundtrack but i didn't like anything else with it because at that point i would just put it down because i'm i'm the type of person that values the fun in the game or my personal enjoyment more than anything else with the game. Um, so I will say, I, I talked about the story before on the show, but the game that actually got me to play it because of the soundtrack was persona three, um, which is mm. actually one of the reasons why the music in that game is so memorable to, to me, or it's the most memorable RPG with music because it was, you know, playing, you know, persona three dancing in moonlight that really inspired me to want to play persona three um because it'd been a game that had just been sitting on my shelf forever but i had i had never picked it up and played it um until hearing that soundtrack and I'm like this soundtrack is is dope i need to play this game and see what this is all about and then ended up lo- loving it because it's and it's my f- favorite persona game um not just because of the music but because of everything else with it but it was definitely because of the music that got me into it and that soundtrack is still really good so that for me it's persona three but what about you garrett I'm going to um, set the world on fire on some of these uh, people out there. I, I Maybe it's a hot take. It's not so much of a hot take for me, though. Okay. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is, <laughs> yeah. is one of those games where it's like, I don't want to play this anymore, but the music is so... Oh, characters are great, too. I'll, I'll give them that. The, char- the villains in there, pretty good. Um, other than that, it's... it's Man, it's such a I'm so conflicted with this game because I love Xenoblade Chronicles a lot. I, I do. I love the franchise. I, I I really got into it with the first one with the definitive edition. I I adore the third one. It's probably it is 
higher than the first one for me. It, mm-hmm. It's so good. Third one is very, very but good. But two, man, oh gosh, yeah. it was it was like it was like Star Wars Episode Eight for me. It was like the middling the middle episode is like, what are you doing <laughs> with this game? I had to drop Torna the DLC for that. I, I had to drop in the middle. I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. It's so aggravating to me playing this game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I kept on with the music. Uh, so, yeah. Not there even the go. music could save that game from me, Garrett. I was just like, nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm five <laughs> chapters in and I don't care anymore. I'm done. I yeah. can't do this yeah. anymore. I need to do something. I can understand that, man. Else. I know there's a lot of Xenoblade Chronicle fans that love to defend this one. Yeah. And they they're really... At like they're at the post ready to defend, and I'm like, come on, guys. Well, a lot like, of them. You have to remember, a lot of those people got into Xenoblade Chronicles uh, because of Xenoblade Chronicles too, and th- that was their gateway into it. So yeah, of course, it's true. one of those things where they're they're gonna like they're gonna be more excited about it because again, like the original Xenoblade Chronicles before that, you could only play on you know Wii U Virtual Console, or if you were you had one of the the mm. very limited copies on Wii at that point, or or if you God forbid. If you played on 3DS, you probably wouldn't enjoy that experience, <laughs> but you could have done that as yeah, well. So at, at that point, just people weren't into that, like the first game. So a lot of people really got like their gateway into the series was two rather than definitive edition. So I think yeah, I think that plays true. into it a little bit. But but and clearly it's not just because, you know, Rex is now apparently that like has Bondo Supreme now. Apparently. And su- super buff in the the, the, the DLC for, for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Game Nasty also notes uh, Xenoblade X Black Tar for the win. I actually love Xenoblade Chronicles X. That that's my favorite Xenoblade game, and and the, the one that really really hooked me. That game's really good. Man, I want to play that one. Why is it stuck on the Wii U? Please, it's, it's the it's the it last over. Wii U game, Garrett, and it'll continue to stay there, just like <sighs> Devil's Third. It'll never come to another console as well. Devil's Third is a bad game. Don't play it. Um, moving on, <laughs> Skycatcher Gaming asks. What is the best first game in an RPG series like Final Fantasy One, Dragon Quest One, mm. The Witcher, etc.? I actually think the best game, the best first game in an RPG series, is actually um, is Mass Effect in the Mass Effect series. Oh, I think it's the best, yeah, that's a good best one. one. It's not. I mean, I feel like the the Mass Effect series actually kind of goes downhill after Mass Effect One. I think the the story is a little bit better in two. And I like the, because I like the character interactions more in two, but man, everything about else about the first game, like how much of an RPG it was as an example, like all that stuff, they kind of threw away with mass effect two. And I just really feel like mass, mass effect one is probably my favorite game in the series because of it. Despite mm. the fact that, you know, mass effect two is, you know, the better running game and the more accessible game. Um, but for me, I, I honestly think Mass Effect 1 is probably one of the best uh, ones. And I got to, you know, give a shout out to Shining Force. We talked about it on tonight's yeah. episode. It's one of the best games in the Shining Force series, and it's it's fantastic. And the series, I think, only goes up from here, sure. But I also think it's no slouch of a game, um, for, especially when you compare it to the first in a lot of other RPG series like Fire Emblem yeah, or Final true. Fantasy or Dragon Quest um, or Disgaea, like a lot of the, or Persona. Like, I actually think like it's one of the strongest first entries into a role-playing game series when you consider I, everything. I agree. There's a, you know, we play so many JRPGs that there's really not the, f- like there's standalones and then there's 
it's never the first, you know, of a franchise that's always the best, right? Yeah. Persona, Fire Emblem, and so on. So Disgaea, like, because because the more of the modern of uh, like types of these games, of course, they're going to be a little bit better. They're going to improve a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes sense. Um, I, well, okay, so I haven't played Dragon Age two, and I played Inquisition a little bit. I yeah. gotta say though, Dragon Age one has so much character uh so much great game design and so self-contained into a well thoughtful story um yeah dragon age one is no slouch either like if you're playing the series i would highly recommend that one Mm -hmm. first and then go on forward uh playing the, the later ones yeah that's one of the ones i was thinking of too garrett was was dragon age one really was that kind of type of game but also we, we just talked about it you know xenoblade chronicles the original that's true yeah. definitely definitely also edition, off to a strong yeah. foot and then it only got worse with xenoblade chronicles too garrett like it just goes it shows to Drop. show that parasite eve is another one i would throw in there as well like it's definitely the best of those three games that are in that series um lunar like the first one also mm. a prime example of that as well like there's there's some good examples but it's definitely like fewer and far between than you'd think because it's not very often you they say we we say oh yeah just if you want to get into this rpg series go back and play final fantasy one that'll get you into final fantasy right like no it, it never works that way with a lot of other series right yeah all right last question of the week and this is even though it's addressed to garrett we're both going to answer this one together garrett this comes sure, to us from go. yarden who asked the question should garrett play Zelda on Friday. And then Savoy Prime responds to this question by saying, I'll watch him play if he does. And uh, mm. Garrett, I'm going to read, they changed this question a little bit uh, to say, should Ryan or Garrett play Zelda <laughs> on Friday? Because I'm also not currently planning on playing Zelda on Friday either. So Yeah. I, I'm actually more interested to hear other people's thoughts mm-hmm. than my personal thoughts on a sequel to Breath of the Wild, uh, especially people that are really into Zelda. Um, like, I, I would rather just hear them in their excitement rather than mine. I Okay, so I've played through Breath of the Wild, uh, like, you know, 2017, like, years ago. I would like to, you know, kind of revisit it, not replay it, but, like, revisit and get the feel for it. But, um, yeah, I'm not... I'm not as excited as everyone else is yeah. with this game. And it's just, I don't know. I I have a, a lot of, you know, a lot of other games to play. So yeah. it's okay to wait it out. Um, I got I got plenty of other things to do. Yeah. And not only that, but you're, you are going on vacation uh, in, That's in, your, in uh, yeah. two weeks. So, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you could bring Zelda with you because you will have your Switch with you. But yeah, like I'm with you for whatever reason. I almost forgot that Zelda was coming out this week. It's like, I don't, yeah. I'm just not like, I don't know. I'm not excited for it in the same way I was for Breath of the Wild before Breath of the Wild came out. Like I, uh, I, I just remember being so much more excited for it. Maybe it was just paired with the Switch console, but even it then, is, like, yeah. I think I was just more into Zelda back then. Whereas I'm just mm. right now, Zelda is not a series I ever go back to or a series that I'm really super into. Like I got into Zelda way later than a lot of other people where Ocarina okay. of Time was the first Zelda game I ever played and really enjoyed it. Um, but after that, like with each new release, I actually felt myself 
not liking them, like not liking Zelda as much. Like Wind Waker, I I, I did really enjoy as well, but like Twilight Princess, uh, Skyward Sword, Phantom Hourglass, like Link Between Worlds, those were all games that I just wasn't really super into. Um, mm. And then you know Breath of the Wild came out, and, and you know I enjoyed it for the the twenty five hours I played it, where I you know I beat Ganon yeah. and put it down. I wasn't one of like w- w- some of these other people we know where, who are there. They put like three hundred hours into that game to find every yeah. nook and cranny. Like I could have done that, but I don't know that I just I I put it put it down and moved on. So I think that's part of the reason why I think I'm a little less excited than a lot of other people are for Zelda. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where I am going to be picking it up day one yeah. because it's not it's going to take two years before it's on sale so i'm like well i may as well have it yeah, so that whenever well. i'm ready to play this game i can just pull it off the shelf and play it rather than hunting down a, a copy later for it um in fact uh, garrett i'm actually going uh, i don't know if you, you knew this I, i'm going to a midnight release for Zelda oh. for the first time in a very long time i haven't been to a midnight release for a game um since titanfall one was the last midnight really oh um so i'm i'm actually going to you know go downtown i'm going to hang out with all the crazy people who like zelda um and we're going to we're going to wait in line and we're going to get our copies of zelda at midnight and it's going to be great but uh yeah otherwise you know i otherwise like i don't know i'm just not like over the moon excited to play it. maybe maybe after i come back from the midnight you know release garrett maybe i'll be more excited mm-hmm. about it but um, I don't know. There's just more games I want to play or um, I've just got a giant pile of retro games. Actually, I have to play through for capture purposes for uh, this month's mm. Pit Stop Retro Gaming, which is coming out at the end of the month, uh, which is actually a really exciting episode. We're going to be talking about the Aliens series of games uh, throughout the years, nice. uh, which, which also involves me playing like 15 games. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting video. But uh, but yeah, so I think that's part of the reason why I'm also just like. I don't want them to devote too much time to Zelda at this point. So it's kind of on my back burner for at least a little while. Yeah, I think you're right, though. Uh, Breath of the Wild uh, pairing with the Switch um, really put my excitement up uh, for sure, especially the novelty of what the Switch was back in 2017. It was like, you know, pick up handheld, put it back down. It's a home console type of deal. And then Zelda being like the the game. Yeah. to go to and it's and it's an excellent game i i'm not saying it's a bad game at, at all it is such a good game it's just that i'm not I like there's just so many other games i would like to play that i haven't gotten to in the past you know a couple years uh or so so you know, yeah that's pretty much it yeah exactly like it's almost like a feeling of like you know i, I you're just not excited for the sequel like you almost feel like you don't need more of breath of the wild like that's how, how kind of how i feel about at least it. for like, now i really like breath of the wild but i'm uh, too but it's like i almost feel like i don't i'm not ready for more of that yet but yes all right i think that's gonna do it for this week's show before my internet decides apparently to cut out because we we lost each other for a few seconds there uh but Whoops. garrett where can people find you on the internet my friend you can follow me at twitter at bland explosion um and you can find me on the discord uh, mm-hmm. I'm always active on the RPG game. You you guys are crazy in there, and I love you all. Thank you so much for going through and being so active there. Um, so, yeah. And then I'm also in the Play Some Video Games Discord. I'm always, like, active in the Portable Pros yeah. uh, channel. Uh, Donnie is getting really interested in the uh, ROG Ally, the newest handheld about to be released from Asus. Um but yeah, uh, and then I'm actually, I did stream uh, RE2 Remake 
uh, Saturday night. I may do that again this weekend or later this week. So you can, uh, you know, just follow me over at twitch.tv slash bland explosion. And uh, yeah, I watch me. I uh, be afraid of Mr. X and scream at zombies. Oh, oh wait. Yeah, I mean, just wait. You're in the sewer now, Garrett. There's there's far more things to worry about than Mr. X down there. Oh, my gosh, you guys. <laughs> also, I saw you were streaming la- uh, on Saturday. I was like, I was really, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Garrett's streaming. I'm like, I was so hyped up for a movie. I was like, all right, I'm going to bed now. Um, but I'll definitely <laughs> to check out your stream if you stream again this week. That's for sure. Sounds because, good. Yeah, I'd love to see you play some Resident Evil, my friend. Well, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. And you also find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming on YouTube at youtube.com slash Carpool Gaming. We're also on Twitch now, twitch.tv slash Carpool Gaming Live, uh, where you might see me at some point play uh, this little ditty of a game, uh, James Cameron's <laughs> Dark Angel on the original Xbox. I-, I wanted to stream it on Sunday, but I also did not move from my bed on Sunday. So that didn't end up happening. So mm. uh, this weekend, I also, I, I-, I kind of want to know get back in there maybe or maybe even on thursday who knows but um mm-hmm. either way check out the twitch channel twitch.tv slash carpool gaming live uh sean will be streaming here too at some point with you know the the games that he's playing he also he already finishes um game shovel, shovel night but uh yeah. he, might, he might play some other stuff on there so check us out there cool. um and uh other than that for garrett bland i'm ryan turford this has been the 93rd level of the rpg cave only six more levels until level 99 and we're out bye-bye the rpg caves men is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpool gaming and we want to say thank you to all of our patrons starting with our ultimate producers robbie bobby miller you can check him out over at twitch.tv slash robbie bobby miller today and tony baker you can find him over on the quest for pixels podcast youtube.com slash quest for pixels and jonathan brown the man behind the music on the nintendo drive and the xbox drive and the playstation drive you can check out his brand new album video game boy over on his twitter as well as on spotify and other audio services leo navarro the fearless leader of the phoenix overdrive extra life team you can check him out over at phoenixoverdrive.com links are in the show notes for all these ultimate producers so make sure to go and show them some love our platinum producers marcus mccracken and rj kern and our gold members adam k anna babla bauza cecily carosa dano drellish emily o'kelly Foolish Fuji, Hopple, John32, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Tim Alf, and Tim Pallon. Thank you all for all of your support, and if you want to get on the action, check us out over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming and choose the tier that's right for you.